Have you ever wondered if there's a gay brain? What about if there are neurological differences between gay people and straight people? Or if there's any way to predict whether someone will be gay or not? If any of these questions have spent time in your brain at any point, then this podcast episode is for you. For a long time, gayness has been a severely understudied and taboo topic in science. The biology of gayness is complex and controversial, partially because the existence of distinct gay and straight brains would help back up the idea that those who are gay are born that way and that being gay is not a choice. Stigma and homophobia have prevented biological sexual orientation research. On the other hand, there's also a fear that any findings could be abused as a potential preventative measure or quote unquote cure for being gay. For these and other various reasons, scientific research has historically not made concrete progress in finding out whether we are born this way. a note that throughout this podcast, I'll be using the terms gay and straight instead of other terms like homosexual and heterosexual. Besides the fact that homosexual is just such a long word, the term gay has been used by the queer community as a signal of pride and acceptance of their sexual identity, while homosexual is a more clinical term that has been used to pathologize and stigmatize same-sex behavior. Language is never neutral, so I want to be intentional with my words in this episode by saying gayness rather than homosexuality. Anyway, on to the rest of your regularly scheduled gay science programming. So, can you predict if someone will be gay? There is some evidence that gayness is partially genetically influenced, and this has been explained by many different theories. Twin and family studies have provided evidence for a genetic component to both male and female sexual orientation. Gayness appears to run in families and is more often found in genetically identical twins rather than fraternal twins or siblings. Hormones have also been implicated in the development of sexual orientation as the hormonal theory of sexuality claims that early fetal androgen exposure can influence sexual orientation by altering the development and organization of the brain. Other studies have shown that birth order can have an effect. The fraternal birth order effect claims that men are more likely to be gay if they have older brothers. Each older brother increases the odds of gay orientation in men via the maternal immune hypothesis, which is the concept that antibodies produced by the mother pass to the fetus and affect sexual differentiation and orientation in the fetal brain. Basically, there is established evidence that sexual orientation is not a product of choice. One controversial hypothesis about the development of sexual preference that I want to tackle in this episode is the existence of the somewhat mythical gay gene. A study done in 2019 led by the University of Queensland, Australia, aimed to find the specific genes involved in gay sex behavior. Researchers performed a genome-wide association study, which in this case meant that they examined genomes of almost 500,000 people who were 40 to 70 years old from the United Kingdom and the United States. They did this by using discovery samples from UK Biobank and 23andMe to identify genetic variants associated with same-sex sexual behavior, aka to investigate the existence of the gay gene. 
In order to characterize gayness, the study used a self-report survey about sexual orientation, asking whether people had ever had sex with someone of the same sex. For follow-up analyses, respondents were asked about sexual identity and same-sex attraction, including their sexual fantasies and the degree to which they identified as gay or straight. With these samples, there were many genes underlying gay sexual behavior in both men and women. However, they found five autosomal loci to be significantly associated with gay sex behavior on a genome-wide level. By the way, a locus, which is the singular of loci, is a specific physical location of a gene or genetic marker on a chromosome. Think of it as a genetic street address. And an autosomal locus, specifically, is a locus on any chromosome but a sex chromosome. So, these results mean that they found five genetic locations that were common among people who have had gay sex at least once. In a follow-up replication study of about 15,000 people, where the measures asked about sexual identity and attraction, three of the five loci were significant. Interestingly, one of the three genes was located next to a gene relevant to sex hormone regulation, and another of the three genes was strongly linked to several genes involved in olfaction, or smell. This tracks because hormones and pheromones both play a role in sexual attraction. However, all five of these loci had very small effects and explained less than 1% of the differences in sexual activity among people in the study. The common genetic variants between people who have had gay sex accounted for 8 to 25% of variation in female and male gay sex behavior and did not allow for meaningful predictions of an individual's sexual orientation. So, researchers concluded that genetics are involved in who people choose to have sex with, but there are no specific genetic predictors of sexual orientation. Another thing in this study that I want to mention is that they found only a partially shared genetic architecture between women and men, which is interesting because other studied traits show much higher genetic correlations between women and men. Genetic studies on sexual orientation in the past decade have almost exclusively looked at men, so this sex difference is noteworthy. Overall, this study shows that gay sexual behavior is influenced by not one gene or a few genes, but many. There are many different genes spread across the whole genome that have small, additive contributions to individual differences in a predisposition to being gay. So these genes cannot solely determine whether someone is gay. The gay gene does not exist. To conclude, the underlying biology of sexual orientation is complex, but genes definitely play some kind of role. And while the singular gay gene has been debunked, there is evidence of many different genes working together to influence gayness, along with environmental, sociocultural, or other biological influences. More research is needed on how biology plays a role in sexuality, especially on a genetic level. In the meantime, there is certainly enough evidence for humans to say, I was born this way, so